Right. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome to Adapt Happy episode uh, 13. This is the uh, podcast now uh, experimenting with video from the good folk at Dap Radar. I'm John and joining me is our DeFi expert, Elia. How's it going, Elia? Uh, hello. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> How's your New Year going? Good so far. Uh, it, it's been a busy, it's a busy <laughs> start to the year. Uh, I think that's been for everybody. It's been so for everybody in the industry. It's been an exciting start to the year. It's normally the first week of January is quite good for getting things done. You didn't get done before Christmas. <laughs> not, not so much this year. Uh, it, it's been good for increasing the backlog this year. I think yeah, that's, absolutely. <laughs> that's what it is. Absolutely. So um, obviously we are uh, talking about what's going on with crypto prices. Um, we're not going to really get to go into too much detail on that one because um, that's not what we do at DAP Radar. We're, we're looking at uh, DAP and in, DAP interactions, that sort of thing, DAP data. And uh, two, because everyone else is doing it and, and we are... Um, uh, we're not giving out investment advice, even if we're allowed to, <laughs> which we're not. Um, so I guess I guess I've just got CoinGecko here, just showing um, if just so there is a um, a record of number going up. Um, so I guess kind of yeah, broad fact is uh, most things are heading to uh, hit an all time or Bitcoin's hit an all time high, Ethereum heading towards that, um, and and things following in their wake. So we've basically got we had a you know a, a big injection of value into the uh, into the blockchain ecosystem the dap ecosystem over the last two weeks and i guess in this podcast we can talk a little bit uh, or our thoughts about how that's going to affect 2021 um do you want to do you want to lead off on that all this value has been injected in what's going to happen what's the impact um okay so i'll start with something i have to start uh none of what i'm going to say is investment advice and uh src capital and myself we hold positions in bitcoin and ethereum so having gotten that out of the way uh, we have seen kind of uh, a large influx of, of capital. Uh, one thing to note, and again, you know, we've seen this throughout 2020, is uh, to kind of separate the price effect from actual growth. Uh, again, we see TVL numbers jump, uh, not necessarily followed by just the TVL. We've seen kind of the actual Ethereum levels go down a little bit. Mm. Uh, people are kind of, you know... Uh, should we just should we just uh, unpick that a little bit for, for people who are not quite sure what TVL is? So so TVL is the total value of tokens locked into DeFi dApps. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's kind of seen as a, a key metric because that's people taking um, ETH or wrapped Bitcoin or, or something like that um, and locking it into a DeFi dApp and then mm -hmm. then doing something with, 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 with the output. So that, that's seen as kind of, I guess, a, a growth measure of how much value is being put into these these uh, decentralized finance dApps. Um, mainly on Ethereum. Um, and that number's been kind of steadily going up. I think the start this time a year ago, were we were under a billion, something like that, I think? Uh, sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and now we're, it looks like we're over 20, 20 billion. Um, something you've been, uh, you know, quite hot on uh, is, is this, this this other metric, um, adjusted TVL. Um, do you want to quickly explain what that is? Uh, yes, yeah, so Adaptorator would develop this metric to uh, remove the price effect. Basically, what it does is that for a given time period, it locks the prices as of that certain date and then recalculates TVL going forward with those locked prices. Mm -hmm. It basically removes the kind of the, the inflationary, the price movement yeah. uh, of the coins. So what you end up seeing is how many assets actually move in and out of mm -hmm. a given DAP. Yeah. Uh, and that can often uh, be kind of a contrarian signal in, in a lot of ways where, you know, you'll see TVL going up and ATVL actually staying steady uh, in the reverse, right? So it's kind of a, 
uh, a sobering signal when things are getting you know too exciting or you know people are getting ready to panic. You could take a look at adjusted TVL and see well what is actually happening um, at the kind of at the network level. Because mm -hmm. um, yeah. obviously, and so, go ahead. yep, go ahead. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we, we've seen the, you know, uh, kind of so, some of the repeat, but at an accelerated pace, right? Prices moved up a lot. Uh, and what we're also starting to see is that it's spreading out to other areas of the industry where uh, people, there, there's kind of the, the new rich, right? Where mm. uh, uh, people have made a lot of money right now quickly, right? And uh, they're, they're, they're going to start looking to kind of put that money to work. Right. And that DeFi, that means, you know, potentially new farms, potentially new projects, uh, but it also kind of spreads out to games and uh, is spread out to kind of art. And we've seen over kind of the last few months, the kind of the sale auctions really kind of produce kind of, you know, shocking numbers to a lot of ways. Right. We're seeing <laughs> kind of we're seeing six figures all over the place, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming we're going we're gonna to talk about the Citadel sale a little bit later, but, you know, 800K is, mm. a, is a staggering number, uh, regardless of kind of, of all the mitigating uh, kind of details that go along with it. 800K is a lot to go for an mm. NFT yeah. uh, of a game that has yet to kind of really launch gameplay yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that that could be seen as kind of a byproduct of a lot of, kind of this price movement because you know i don't think even for example for artists right i don't think they've all of them had a chance to reprice or consistently reprice their uh items uh, relative to dollar value mm. so you're going to see eth and if eth is moving you know at a pace of you know 40 percent, 50 percent a week mm. so do the values of uh kind of the the associated nft collectible pieces right mm. and at the same time you know, the level of kind of uh, how much people care, right, about, you know, spending an extra ETH here and there mm -hmm. or spending, you know, maybe ETH, yes, but spending an extra thousand dollars here and there, it kind of maybe kind of uh, dilutes a little bit because people feeling like, you know, they're getting rich quickly, right? And so they're spreading, they're spreading mm -hmm. out, they're diversifying a little bit. And I think that that's something we're starting to see. And this is why you're seeing, you know, CryptoPunks making, you know, records seemingly every other day. Uh, we're seeing kind of rare art uh, items going in for, you know, very substantial numbers and now kind of uh, MMO NFTs also gathering, you know, very, very significant uh, figures. Yeah. yeah, I think there's, there's two kind of two things to, to unpick there. I, I guess um, we, we've kind of seen we had like, I guess now we would contextualize it as a little boom <laughs> during the summer when we had this first DeFi kind of boom and, and tokens like comp and, and uni being uh, kind of parceled out and, and then this farming kind of craze going on. And we did kind of see we, the, the way we kind of contextualize that was a whole bunch of people kind of got rich quite quickly then. Um, seems a bit small scale now, but at the time it was pretty big. And then we, and then we saw this kind of flow through of that value into um, more, I guess, kind of esoteric blockchain items like these NFTs, these non-fungible tokens. CryptoPunks is a kind of a, a kind, of weird, kind of weird collectible thing. And then we've seen a lot of this art stuff and then, then flowing into games. Um, so I guess we we kind of we, we expect to see that on, on a, maybe a more accelerated growth because some of these projects are now a bit more advanced. And I guess it's also interesting, certainly on the game side, which which I cover more of. It's been it's been very busy um, start to the year, and I think that that's actually not related to the crypto price going up. 
So we've had lots of announcements of a couple of companies have raised, I mean, not large sums, but a couple of million dollars of, of uh, VC funding. Obviously, that takes six months to a year to, to go through those kind of details. Um, so that, that wasn't announced because Bitcoin price went up. That was announced because it was the start of the year and they wanted to kind of highlight these things they're making. Um, I know plenty of other companies that are doing uh, fundraising, have been doing fundraising for the last kind of six months or so. So those are going to be announced um, in the next kind of few months as well. Uh, I just think in general, there's, uh, I'd actually argue that the kind of the crypto price increase is uh, actually a secondary effect of this kind of much larger uh, kind of influence that's happened during last year that people now on a, I guess we could say serious people who aren't particularly interested in how blockchains work and now quite serious about the industry having some, you know, reasonable value, even even if the FT still <laughs> writes these terrible opinion pieces about how how Bitcoin is um, this awful thing and no one should should, should um, get involved with it. Um, I think on, on, on the more kind of bleeding edge now of kind of hedge funds and those kind of uh, institutional investors, clearly, um, th even if they're not buying Bitcoin or, or buying cryptocurrencies, they have to have an opinion on why then why they're not doing it. Uh, and so I guess whether the price of Bitcoin goes up, goes up or back down again, I think we've seen we've seen this seismic change now that that um, kind of serious people who who don't really you know aren't religious about um, decentralized applications or, or or decentralized currencies are, are now like well this is just a thing let's just deal with it and, and I guess that's the I guess we knew we hoped that was coming we expected that to be coming because we're in this space and we we've made that decision ourselves but it's interesting that, that that's kind of happened um, so uh, let's get a bit more specific about DAP so I've got the DAP radar page up here I'm trying to see mm -hmm. I mean I guess we're not going to pull any specific um data from this uh per se but but one big thing that happens um whenever the uh price of cryptocurrencies goes up or down is the gas fees on ethereum the fees you pay to do anything um go up um and currently we're looking um i mean I, i've seen as high as 400 guay which is the unit in which they measured i think we're well over 100 guay most of the time now um what impact do you see that in the short term um in terms of basically ethereum being expensive <laughs> to do anything on well, so um, there's there's kind of I, I want to take a step back yeah. uh, and kind of unpack a couple of trends that have been forming uh, before we get into gas, because gas will kind of play a role on that. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the DeFi space, uh, before the kind of Christmas time before the year ended, we've seen kind of the one inch give that big gift to everybody in kind of a Uniswap fashion. Right. Mm -hmm. Kind of kind of playing further on the kind of decentralized community uh approach and then we've seen kind of a whole host of algorithmic stable coins uh come into the field right uh so um a you know if you go back to 2018 and you take a look at kind of uh basis kind of mm -hmm. we've seen kind of an anonymous revival of the ideas that basis uh was trying to kind of push forward right and so we see basis cash we see esd mithril cash and a lot of this is going to drive activity. Um, and so, you know, so, to some extent, similar to how we, we saw, you know, Tether kind of create spikes in, you know, in 2020, I think we can start seeing kind of these algo coins uh, because of their kind of, because of the action around them uh, combined with a lot of these farming activities, right? Start to kind of create uh, kind of this, this impact, there's demand uh for 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 transaction capacity um but there's not kind of there's limited supply from the side of ethereum right so prices are going up uh and this is forcing the hand of a lot of the applications right uh so on one hand kind of they're they're left with three options right they can kind of stay and wait uh, 
they can move to another chain uh, or they can move to an L2, right? Stay and wait means essentially wait for Ethereum 2.0, which kind of the, the kind of the roadmap for that, you know, even when it's clear is unclear, right? Yeah. Uh, and so for the immediate kind of to get some immediate relief, they're left between L2s and uh, kind of other L1s, right? And mm -hmm. so I think that 2021 is going to be about that competition in a lot of ways, right? Ethereum will try to defend its turf uh, with L2s. And I think we're starting to see, you know, uh, kind of the, the internal uh, kind of rivalry between optimis uh, optimistic rollups and DK rollups. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, kind of other L1s specifically, you know, we could probably highlight, you know, Polkadot, uh, Near, Solana, even, you know, to some extent, maybe Flow, um, trying to kind of push their way uh, and highlight the fact that you can do a lot of things cheaper, you can do a lot of things faster, uh, mm -hmm. there's additional functionality, as opposed to what you can do with Ethereum. And that competition, that kind of narrative, I think will start to play out and will kind of in a lot of ways determine where where Ethereum is at the end of 2021. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't think uh, anyone expects this year for stuff to be going live on, 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 on Ethereum too. So that's, I guess that's um, very much a, a kind of medium term play mm -hmm. for 2020. I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess <laughs> maybe this is the kind of thing commentators say. Um, tw 2021 is, is is kind of accelerating the trends of 2020 because we, we you know, the gas fees are actually not particularly much higher than they were back when all the yield farming was ha was happening. So we've kind of gone through this previously, um, and we've basically seen uh, some of those blo new blockchains you've mentioned um, are actually quite advanced in terms of having um, what we call kind of bridging. Um, Kind of a kind of technology so basically you mm -hmm. you have a uh often they use or something like matic uh, which is i guess an, an l2 uh, layer 2 solution which works with ethereum you basically can use metamask you set up your metamask you have to put in some um some new settings to create a wallet on Met on matic and then literally you take ethereum or you take matic or you can take ethereum as well and you can you can just you basically pop it over to to the to the other blockchain and there's other blockchains, um, Solana, Nia, Waves, um, Zilliqa, all have the similar sort of things. I mean, I'm not quite sure how. Uh, I've tried them and they've worked, <laughs> but, um, but that's only with very small that's a amounts. Good start. <laughs> yeah, and then actually they limit you to very small amounts. I think with Solana, they only limited you to 0.1 ETH or something. Um, so obviously, they don't want people whacking loads of stuff through because it can go horribly wrong. Um, and some of them are quite clunky. I did one on Zilliqa, and it basically had a kind of relay thing. So it took. They only did it like once a day and it didn't actually happen mm -hmm. on the day I did it. It came, <laughs> came through about three days later. So I think these things are fairly clunky and not, not really um, uh, ready for, uh, I mean, mass market's the wrong word, but ready for kind of um, even blockchain enthusiasts. Um, but it's interesting that, that clearly now, if anyone didn't kind of um, think this was the case, there's so much value on Ethereum that everyone basically has to be Ethereum's best mate and then basically make a good bridging solution that people can get value off Ethereum into this new, into this other blockchain, whatever it's going to be, whatever everyone's kind of um, does well. And then also the important thing is to get it back into Ethereum if they need to. And I do kind of wonder though, that kind of um, that friction is, even if this bridging stuff works well, um, which obviously it will get better. There's just still like a mental, I find it, at least from my point of view, I find it, the concept mentally quite um, just, 
just tiring. It's <laughs> just, uh, I mean, blockchain stuff's tiring enough to know what's going on and what tokens you've got and what, and what you're doing with them and how much have you got in compound. And I forgot I had something in Aave. And, and then to have another blockchain as well, um, I just kind of wonder if that is going to be enough, even if technically it w- works very well, um, to, to kind of be this parasitic thing trying to take off, off uh, Ethereum. I, I do wonder whether the ones that do win out are basically the ones that, are going to use their, their, their speed and their lack of uh, gas fees to come up with something so different that you couldn't do it on Ethereum. Um, and then people will go, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to mess, I'm going to, I want to check out this DAP. And the fact it's on another blockchain will kind of be irrelevant. It would just be, I want to check out, you know, I guess we see this with mm-hmm. Compound doing its own chain, you know, to some degree, you know, Compound, its Compound's name is strong enough that whatever Compound does, people are going to use it. Um compound chain uh, and that, uh i'm gonna <laughs> sidetrack a little bit has, you're rolling your eyes a lot of eyebrows it's raised a lot of eyebrows it's 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 a it's an int- let, let's call it an interesting attempt uh it remains to be seen whether there is there's kind of merit for it i think it's mm. it's uh um it's dangerous to bet against them they've kind of been around for a long time and they've proven yeah. that they know what they're doing but at the same time like at the same time, a lot of people, and, and I'm one of them, are asking why. Mm. Um, uh, with, with respect to kind of, uh, kind of this multi-chain paradigm, I totally agree with you in the sense that, you know, these other chains will need to show use cases where you can do X, Y, Z on those chains that you can't do on Ethereum. Mm. Otherwise, why? Um, the, the other, the other component of it though is, and this is being talked about more and more now is composability. Now composability became a big thing for DeFi. And this is why kind of migrating, whether it is to L2 or another L1 is a big challenge because if you're dependent on composability and when we mean composability, we mean like how different dApps interact with each other how you know you can you can either you can string transactions you can create multiple kind of tokenomic dynamics where you know you have multi dap incentivized liquidity pools and so forth right uh, it can get very complex and like it, the, the stack can grow uh, but if if they're all on separate L2s you know the question becomes so how will composability work and mm. composability was a huge component in kind of accelerating liquidity growth for individual dapps so that will be a big challenge. And this is, you know, that they will, the, the dApps individually and Ethereum as an ecosystem will need to address because if composability breaks, mm. um, then the network effects that Ethereum has established over these years uh, will kind of weaken significantly. Uh, at the same time, I think we're starting to see sort of kind of aggregations. And I think uh, Matic is a good example of this where Matic is kind of becoming a gaming L2 right where uh you know i think this is what loom wanted to become years ago um and had a you know a harder time achieving this but matic is you know has now a number of titles right i think uh neon district decentraland uh avagachi came over recently well, skyweaver i just i stopped so, so it's had quite a lot of announcements there's still i've just i'm just mm-hmm. that that radar um figures now for, for Matic. Um, it's still really, uh, let's have a look, uh, I'm looking at the monthly data now. We've only got five dApps with over a hundred uh, unique wallets over a month. So so I'd say, and only one with over a thousand. So so I, I think it, Matic's definitely one to watch. It's 
I think it's still a bit of a way off. Um, for, you know, there's a, there's a between announcing something and actually launching something. Although saying that, OpenSea, the big the big exchange, have also announced they're they're launching fairly soon. So I, I definitely agree with you that Matic's one to watch. But just um, yeah, uh, okay. I, I, I I I kind of I second that reservation that you have. Uh, it, it's definitely been shown in the space that announcing something and executing yeah. something is different. But what's interesting to me is the sequence of kind of particular sector announcements, right? It's gaming, yeah, yeah. right? It's gaming over and over again. And it's the biggest gaming titles or from Ethereum that are announcing this, right? Mm. And I think gaming is the sector that's being hurt the most by, uh, yeah. by the gas fees, right? If, mm. you know, uh, if you're playing any of the games, basically, the fact that, you know, microtransactions are now enormously expensive just because the gas fees are expensive, right? It hinders both the mm. kind of existing game dynamics and also the innovation level, right? How are you supposed to innovate if anything you create basically stops the gaming ecosystem? Yeah. Uh, and so the fact that these games are kind of moving over to one chain kind of indicates to me that potentially in 2021, we'll start to see composability within games, right? And this will be the exciting thing. This is something that, you know, I think gamers have been talking in, in the blockchain space have been talking about since kind of the uh, the kind of the inception of the gaming sector in, in, in blockchain, right? Composability between games, being able to translate your assets, being able to translate your experience, uh, uh, assets, or kind of or kind of community networks, uh, have, having worlds connect, right? We've seen this in DeFi. We've seen it have a tremendous network effect. Um, with gaming, it might be a lot more complicated, but mm. the fact that games are moving to kind of <laughs> in groups, at least on announcement level, uh, indicates to me that potentially they're also thinking about this now. Uh, hard to tell how far away we are from it, um, mm. but that's definitely something to watch, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, I think particularly because because layers, you know, the advantage of layer two solutions is is effectively no gas fees and effectively instantaneous. I mean, not instantaneous, but but very very quick. Uh, uh, transactions and obviously that that is ideal for games uh, <laughs> which obviously demand uh have a lot of transactions in games and you want them to be kind of kind of quick so um i think yeah matic's definitely one to watch on the on the gaming side um i guess in terms of composability between games uh i think that's probably a bit further off um i'm not really seeing um necessarily a lot of even talk about that there's much more talk about that when everything was on ethereum and it didn't really happen i guess the interesting one from that point of view is flow which is obviously a separate blockchain but a, a blockchain mm -hmm. designed more for games and entertainment and because it's organized by dapper labs the people behind crypto kitties and they're bringing over crypto kitties and they've got their other games on there um then i think because they are like one company and i think they they will have a certain amount of composability within within flow anyway because they're making all these products i mean not all i mean they're mm -hmm. doing a handful of products so they're doing like a, i mean some really weird stuff they're doing like a collectible uh for dr zeus they're doing a some sort of game for for the ultimate fighting championship <laughs> how's that going to fit with crypto kitties who knows um but that you can imagine because all those are going to be on the same blockchain there could be some interesting stuff that, that they are gonna you know directly develop themselves i think it becomes much harder when your developers are working you know, on their own product and then they have to kind of communicate cooperate with other people um to, to do this kind of composability um i guess it will happen in time over time but but i, I kind of think they, they've got enough to be worried about you know trying to trying to launch on 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 on, on kind of layer twos which have you know massive been around for a while but it is still fairly unproven i think you know the stuff that's on there's only been there for a couple of months um 
But not that I disagree, right? Mm. But something to keep in mind, right? We're starting to see things like NFTX launch, yeah, right? Where um, kind of it's it's indexing, right? Mm. And if they're trying to index across multiple different layers, mm. uh, imagine it becomes a little bit more challenging. Uh, in both maintaining the index and rebalancing and kind mm. of make, th there's also a number, there's a more kind of security risks that come into play just yeah, from yeah. kind of managing positions, right? Mm. So um, the more kind of, I would expect that sectors will kind of gravitate towards certain chain, right? Yeah, yeah. To agree. kind of at least maintain kind of the ability to do sector indexes, right? Like that, that mm. will kind of gravitate. And I think that we're also starting to see more indexes as a whole, right? Like as a as a as a as an entity pop up across both DeFi and now, like as I said, within NFTX across kind of the gaming and collectible sector. And I think that's something else we're going to start seeing as kind of a sign of greater maturity of the space, right? For kind of for newcomers that want to get involved but don't want to get into kind of the nitty gritty of the uh, the individual kind of uh, titles. So you know, this is. You know, I think that the layers will start to play a bigger role uh, if Ethereum starts to show cracks in the sense of being able to maintain. The more layers you have, the more complicated things become mm. by definition. So if that starts to hinder things, uh, we may start to see more projects look towards, you know, you know, your polka dots, your nears, your cosmoses and so forth. Yeah. Um, if not, then you know the Ethereum just kind of solidifies its 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 kind of networking effects more. But mm -hmm. the other thing you know that you mentioned earlier is that you know we might start to see kind of unique use cases on the kind of on the rival chains, right? We uh, for kind of a, a little while have been conditioned to thinking of kind of the blockchain space as in a kind of a zero sum game where. Uh, you know, if, you know, one blockchain gets more users, that means because they left from somewhere, right? Um, but as the space grows, the space as a whole should grow, right? And so, you know, it's very possible to see, you know, Polkadot grow alongside Ethereum and not cannibalize it. Um, so, yeah, you yeah. know, this... Yeah, I was going to say that it is, it is um, I mean, at the moment, the space is so small that, 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 that you know, I think when growth happens, uh, I guess, I mean, another analogy, you can kind of see it with, with cryptocurrency prices. I mean, I guess, personally, we have lots of different views about different cryptocurrencies and whether they're worth anything, you know, <laughs> uh, but, but basically, unless it's Ripple, everything, you know, everything's gone up at the moment. I mean, some things have gone up more than others, but basically, you know, the rising tide sort of thing. So I definitely think 2021 is that sort of, you know, these blockchains are starting off, these new blockchains are starting off with no users. So, so they can easily rise 100,000% sort of thing. Um, I, I, I guess for me, what's, what will be interesting is, particularly for something like um, necessarily, I mean, Flow is the best example because it's kind of live at the moment, is is potentially you have a project, let's say a game, a game launches on one of these blockchains, fast blockchains, and, and is like a big hit and it attracts like a mass audience, um, but they, and they don't really know they're on a blockchain, because that would be, the marketing won't be it's on a blockchain, it'd be check out this cool game. And those people will just come in and play the game and, and they and they there'll almost be a silo, you know, the, the fact that there's other games on that blockchain they can maybe use their wallets for or something. They they, they won't care about that. They'll just go, this is this is the game I love, um, and mm -hmm. and they'll kind of sit in that silo. And they the fact they're on a blockchain won't matter less to them, and they won't play other games on that blockchain, or, or very few will, and they certainly won't go to other blockchains. So I think that I think there's there's, there's two in a sense contrasting trends that will happen. Um, 
in in 2021 um and it'll all be about growth but i think eventually that growth will be kind of you know asymmetric in a, in a way that it will you know there will be kind of winners and and relative losers so i think it will sort of come back to a zero sum game as time goes on um and, and obviously we've got there's many more blockchains being launched um than than actually will find users even if they're technically very very good i mean i guess we've seen already some very interesting kind of uh kind of uh consensus models and, and that sort of thing just if, if there's nothing running on them then then good luck <laughs> well i mean um i think history has shown that the best technology doesn't necessarily win right mm -hmm. so uh the kind of tech first approach is great and it's it's nice to see from a lot of teams but you know, if it's not balanced out by kind of, you know, market awareness and go-to-market strategy and kind of the ability to acquire users and then sustain kind of, kind of that, you know, that user base, then, you know, great tech is, you know, it, 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 it doesn't find demand. Um, what, uh, you know, with that in mind, you know, we're starting to see that these, these, these rival blockchains, as, as, I, as I call them sometimes, they you know, they're looking at the experience of Ethereum and they're trying to fast track themselves, right? Mm. So, you know, I think Avalanche is one of kind of the, the, the more recent newcomers and we're starting to see kind of dApps launch on Avalanche that are kind of super combining multiple levels of uh, kind of incentive models okay. into kind of one package, right? Where you're starting to see kind of liquidity mining, uh, you're starting to see kind of NFTs as incentives built into uh, that model as well. And it starts to get layered, right? So that's kind of one thing that plays into uh, for, for the rivals. They, they got the chance to see what works and what doesn't yeah. and what the pitfalls were. Ethereum had to kind of battle through it, right? Like mm. they had to go through ups and then, they, and then the disappointing downs every time something didn't work. Mm. Uh, these viral blockchains kind of know now a little bit like this works this is what users want and this is mm. what they don't want mm. yeah that's good uh, that, that is interesting because I guess we've seen that to a degree on uh, Binance Smart Chain which kind of mm -hmm. hasn't really taken off yet as, as I guess many people including me thought although it, it, it does already have the, the um, you can just see it's, it's basically a lot of the dApps on there are kind of like yeah as, you, as you've said kind of taken a lot of taken what's worked on ethereum and banged it all into one dap similar thing on waves the uh, neutrino uh, protocol on waves um which has been a bit more successful i think um, that there's lots of things that does and i guess um there's tron with its with its cut and paste sort of a <laughs> sort of ethos of basically taking anything that works on ethereum and, and putting it on tron um i guess what's i guess in none of those cases do i think though that the impact that those project that those daps have had those finance daps have had has been anything like as um you know impactful as as what we've had on ethereum and i get and i guess it there's, there's a way in which kind of gr something growing together organically um always has much more strength than someone going well that worked i'm going to kind of you know copy it and then and then there's no i guess with there's no community if there's no the community is what makes it work so you can see the functionality of what works but if there's no community that kind of grew that thing to make it work and maybe kind of combine those things together in a clever way so, uh, I really agree with that. So, but there's a big difference between kind of taking inspiration from Ethereum mm. and, you know, just short of carbon copying Ethereum, yeah. right? So, you know, we've seen, we've seen Tron kind of very closely follow 
Ethereum's blueprint mm. to the point of like, you can draw a line from one DAP to the other. Like this is yeah. what, you know, this was supposed to be MakerDAO. Yeah. This was supposed to be Uniswap, right? They've mm. gotten wrapped uh, Bitcoin and wrapped Ethereum on there now. Mm. Uh, they've gotten their NFT standards are labeled in a way that they, you know, they're, they're they sound like the Ethereum NFT standards, right? I think it's TRC 721. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, at that point, right, when it's so similar, why, why not use the original, right? Like, it's, it's hard to see that kind of that step over. Uh, there are other, you know, if you look at, you know, again, you know, even Polkadot ecosystem, right? They're taking, for example, the, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a different approach, right, where you're trying to build something uh, and you're taking inspiration, right, as opposed to just, you know, mm. you know, just, yeah. just copying it over with, uh, you know, with, with Binance Smart Chain, you know, you, you start to see a lot of uh, kind of, it's a lot more about kind of the liquidity mining programs, it looks like, than it is about kind of the, uh, the, the product at the moment, to some extent. Uh, I think that, I think there may be some interesting stuff developing there, but it's kind of, it's approaching, the ecosystem is approaching it from the other side, right? With Ethereum, it was product and then how to get users on that product and kind of a Binance Smart Chain, if you like, you know, they've kind of gone the other way around a little yeah. bit and we'll see if that, we'll see if that works. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, I do, it's kind of funny over time, I do see, you know, that kind of the, the blockchains do, uh, in, in my head, kind of almost take on a personality of their, of their community and you kind of, you kind of see, uh, you know, something working on one blockchain and people copying it on the next blockchain, but the community just doesn't, you know, doesn't doesn't take it. <laughs> so I guess kind of, you know, Tron and EOS with their kind of gambling sort of stuff and, uh, and obviously Binance with the finance stuff and WAX, you know, uh, with NFTs. And, and, and I guess once mm -hmm. something, once some sort of genre or once one kind of DAP category works, then obviously it's easier to double down on that one because you know there's people on who interact you know, people who use that blockchain already like that sort of stuff so it's obviously always harder to um bring in something new anyway i think we have uh chewed up enough of the uh of the early year <laughs> trends <laughs> to uh for anyone's uh liking so uh excellent thank you very much elia for your time thank you and uh, thank you, uh, listeners and uh, watchers, for uh, your attention. If you've made it this far, uh, we are available on the usual podcast uh, channels. And we are also, uh, obviously, video on YouTube. So please subscribe uh, either way. And uh, come back next time when we'll be uh, seeing <laughs> seeing what's happened. Who knows? <laughs> could, could be all be very different uh, next time we uh, convene. But thanks for watching, listening, and uh, see you again soon. <laughs>